Section thirty three of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Section thirty three. After so many years of dread, has it come at last? There was no part of the day that the Duke of Downsbury enjoyed so much as the breakfast hour, when his beautiful daughter and his aristocratic wife amused themselves by the discussion of letters and papers that had come by post. Then Lady Estella seemed more lively, and the very sunshine of the Duke's life was the happiness of his only child. As the day passed on she grew more listless, and the expression of ennui on her face grew deeper, but with the morning light she had something of the brightness that had distinguished her as a girl. On this morning the sun shone so fairly, the roses were blooming, and the birds were singing, the whole world was bright and gay. The breakfast-room was, in itself, the very picture of comfort and luxury. The sunbeams sparkled on the costly silver, the flowers filled the air with a fragrance. The duke, a fine, handsome man, the very type of an English nobleman, sat with the most contented smile on his face. The cup of tea by his plate was odorous as a bouquet of flowers. The Duchess, proud and stately, was deeply engaged in the perusal of a closely written letter. Lady Estella, looking more beautiful than ever in the morning light, was busily engaged in doing nothing. Neither book nor paper interested her, but to one who knew that fair face well, there was a cloud upon it, an expression of unusual languor and thought. Suddenly the Duke addressed his wife. "'Did I tell you, my dear, that I met my model farmer yesterday, "'the honest man who amused you so much by his uncertainty over his hands and feet?' "'I remember Mark Brace,' said the Duchess. "'How could I ever forget him? "'He seemed to me the most honest and sensible man I have ever met.' "'You remember, perhaps, the pretty child and the romantic story?' "'Yes, and I never prophesied good for that child,' rejoined the Duchess. "'Lady Estella raised her fair, proud face.' "'Do not say that, Mamma. It seems so hard upon the child.' "'It will be true, my dear,' said her grace, calmly. "'What has become of her, I wonder? I have not heard anything of her lately.' The Duke smiled. "'One part of your prophecy has come true. She was tired of Brackenside, and has gone abroad.' "'Gone abroad?' repeated her grace. It was the calm, sweet voice of Lady Estella that replied. "'She has gone as a governess to some little children, Mamma. Surely that was a sensible thing to do.' The Duchess looked up in surprise at the unwanted interest in Lady Estella's voice. "'It is so sensible, Estella, that I am disposed to alter my opinion of her. She has more sense and less vanity than I gave her credit for. I am much pleased to hear it. But surely you, or someone else, told me she was going to be married?' "'She told me so herself,' replied Lady Estella. "'On the day she came here, she was going to marry a gentleman and a poet.' "'Very improbable,' said Her Grace. "'Gentlemen do not marry beneath them, as a rule.' She did not see the quick, hot flush that for one moment burned her daughter's face. Then Lady Estella leaned back in her chair as though the subject had no further interest for her. Suddenly the Duke looked up from his paper. "'Of all the strange pieces of news I have ever read, this is the strangest,' he said. Both ladies glanced at him. The flush dying from the face of Lady Estella left it unusually pale. "'You remember Ulrich Studley?' continued his grace. "'That handsome ne'er-do-well?' This question produced a singular result. The Duchess looked quickly at her daughter, then dropped her eyes. Lady Acella started as though she had been touched to the heart by some keen, sharp sword. "'What of Ulrich Studley?' asked her grace in a curt voice. 
you will never believe it my dear he is the last man in the world to whom such luck seemed likely to fall when he was in london at the time we knew him so well there were seven lives between himself and the earldom of linley by a strange chapter of accidents they are all gone the young earl of linley died only last week and now ulrich studley has succeeded he is earl of linley and is expected in england next week only think what a change for him lady estella had left her seat she stood against the window and the face that looked through the glass was so white and wild no one could have recognized it it is a great change said the duchess but unless he himself has changed fortune will not benefit him much the greatest fault in him was his poverty said the duke i must confess i knew little else the proud face of the duchess lighted with scorn did you not i never liked the studly race myself faithless and debonair every one of them men and women too faithless and debonair fair of face light of heart light of word light of truth when was a studly either true to a friend or loyal to a love still no word from the silent figure at the window i wonder continued the duke if he is married yet it is hardly probable the studleys are proud enough he would not meet in indian society any one whom he would care to marry then the duke looked thoughtfully at his daughter not one line on her white face could be seen he will succeed to an enormous fortune he continued i should say the earldom of linley is one of the richest in england he will be a great match for one of our fair friends the duchess relaxed some little of her severity he was certainly a handsome man she said he always made me think of one line in the quaint old song of allan water and a winning tongue he had it was impossible to resist him when with him his daring was so frank his compliments so graceful and well turned yet one felt instinctively that the truth was not in him faithless and debonair i should not like any one for whom i felt any great esteem to marry ulrich stiddley were he thrice an earl well i cannot help feeling rather pleased said the duke perhaps it was a little for his handsome face but certainly i liked him when is he coming home asked the duchess he had sailed for england long before this news could reach him but it will greet him as soon as he lands he is expected next week there was a sound of the quiet closing of a door when the duke and duchess looked around lady estella had gone then they glanced wistfully at each other she liked him said the duke i am afraid so said the duchess i half believe that it is for his sake she has remained single poor estella who would have thought it we shall see how events turn out when he returns to england they are sure to meet then we shall see while lady estella walked slowly through the hall she took her garden hat and wrapped a lace shawl around her shoulders quietly with her usual languid graceful step she passed out through the hall into the flower garden beyond no sound escaped her lips and her fair proud face was unruffled but when she was there quite alone the self-control and self-restraint fell from her she raised her face with a despairing cry into the shining heavens oh my god she moaned after so many years of dread after so many years of unutterable fear and misery it has come at last then she who had never seemed to shed a tear laid her face on the green grass and wept aloud wept as only calm proud people can weep when the depths of heart are touched she lay there a long time while the sun shone on her then she roused herself tears relieved her for the time but in this sudden and cruel emergency they did her no enduring good what am i to do she cried to herself how can i best atone for this folly and sin of my youth what will they say to me oh heaven if i could but die 
so through the summer hours she wept and moaned what should she do the future looked dark as the past for so long she had been putting off this evil day fighting hard with her conscience and every impulse of honesty and goodness hoping against hope that the evil day might perhaps never come at all yet here it was and she was helpless if she were here she thought to herself it would not be so bad i cannot see my way out of this labyrinth and though she spent hour after hour thinking and planning she could decide upon nothing that evening there was a grand dinner-party at downsbury castle and the principal guest was a writer from london whose name was a power in government during the course of the long stately dinner the great writer turning to the duke said you have a famous poet in your neighbourhood or rather you have one who will in time be a famous poet his grace who had forgotten what he had heard of the gentleman poet asked eagerly who it was the author of english lyrics replied the writer he lives unless i mistake at a place called lindenholm on your estate unless i make the greatest mistake that young man has a grand career before him i should like to meet him lady estella pale and stately listened intently this was the poet who was to marry doris she listened again they spoke of the poet's sterling worth his wonderful honesty his noble character and there came to her a gleam of hope in her distress she would go to him in all the wide world there was no one to help her but him she would risk all and try him if he proved untrue if he refused to help her why even then matters could be no worse whereas if he did not refuse and was willing to come to her aid her troubles would at least be lessened and she could meet ulrich studley with a calmer face End of section 33